This episode of the Columbia Basin Herald Studio Basin Podcast is brought to you by the Moses Lake Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber works to help businesses in and around Moses Lake flourish through networking opportunities, member-to-member savings for products and services, and connecting businesses with the resources they need to make Moses Lake a wonderful place to live, work, and play. For more information, visit moseslake.com or call the Chamber at 509-765-7888. Again, that's 509-765-7888. Hi everybody, my name is Ian Bavona. I'm the sports reporter here with the Columbia Basin Herald. Uh, we got a pretty exciting episode for you guys today. Uh, to start off, uh, senior reporter Charles Featherstones talks with Kurt Atkinson. He is the outgoing Ephrata Interim City Administrator, a former Ephrata Police Chief, and a 25-year-old veteran of the Washington State Patrol. And then later on, uh, me, myself, and Cheryl Schweitzer, a senior reporter here at the Herald, we're going to go over some of the uh, headlines from this week's sports section. So, yeah, great episode, and uh, stay tuned. This is Charles with the Columbia Basin Herald, and we are here today with Kurt Atkinson, the outgoing interim city administrator with the city of Freda, city of Efreda, um, its former police chief, and a, as I, if I recall correctly, a 25-year veteran of the Washington State Patrol? That's correct. Okay. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Why'd you go into law enforcement? Well, it's a, like for many people, it's a little bit of a circular story. Mm-hmm. I was raised in the town of Concrete. Washington, which is uh, in Skagit County, obviously a very rural location. And the three law enforcement people who patrolled that area at the time were my dad, who was the outpost game warden. Okay. There was an outpost state trooper, and then there was a town marshal for the city of Concrete. And those were the three law enforcement officials and uh, very influential and all of our lives, there are several of us from that area that went into, ended up going into law enforcement. My journey was uh, not directed towards law enforcement. In fact, I did not have it on my radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got my bachelor's degree and went back to college to get my teaching certificate for the completely wrong reason of wanting to be a football coach. Okay. And, uh, Went, did my student teaching and realized uh, you really need to have a passion for this beyond being a football coach. And so was out in the world post-college floundering around. And it was my my dad, the game warden, who said, have you ever thought of being a state trooper? And hadn't thought of it. Started the application process and that's what led to it. It was really the state patrol was the only law enforcement organization I applied to. Um, for a job with. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I can see football coach. You've kind of got that, <laughs> even even today, after all these uh, years, well, you still kind of have that to you. If football was a passion of mine, there's no there's no <laughs> doubt no doubt about it, but not a good reason to become a school teacher. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. <laughs> so, so tell me, what did you do with the Washington State Patrol? Well, that was a, a real blessing of the, the State Patrol that I uh, wasn't aware of when I hired on. You, you hire uh-huh. on to become a trooper, and you think you're going to, to do that for your, your time time there. But large organization, statewide organization, a lot of uh, opportunities to do a lot of different things. And I was very, very fortunate to get to do several of those things mm-hmm. in my time. Um, started out as a, a, a road trooper, which is... Um, Graduated from the academy and uh, was assigned to Seattle, okay. which for a kid from Concrete was quite a quite an eye opener <laughs> to uh, to go to Seattle. But great learning experience. Uh, went back to uh, spent some time in Mount Vernon, back in Skagit County as a trooper. 
And then kind of a cavalcade of uh, different jobs uh, came along. I was an instructor at the State Patrol Academy oh, for a while. Um, so I, you did eventually go into teaching. I did a little bit of a little bit of teaching. <laughs> it's uh, it's very fun to teach cadets because they have to sit there and pay attention okay, to you and yeah. beha behave themselves. So a very attentive audience. And uh, well, went I was on the governor's security detail okay. for for two years and. Um, that was a, a great experience, but a very difficult on family life. I had a young family at the time, and mm -hmm. when you're on the governor's security detail, that's a 24-7 mm -hmm. availability operation. Uh, As a reporter, I lived and worked in Washington, D.C. for a while covering the Secretary of Agriculture, and so he had a... He had a, a security detail with the, I think, the USDA Inspector General's office is where they came from. And so there were always security people with him. And yeah, so. Your life is not your own <laughs> when, it, when, you, when you serve on one of those security details. And I know people think the glamorous uh, view of this Secret Service and uh -huh. everything they get, it, it is... Uh, it is not as glamorous as you one might think it, it, it is. Very, it's a good job, but just yeah, your no, life is not your own. No, I met a Secret Service officer. Her job was to take the president's passport when he traveled abroad and get visas for the president for his overseas travels. Because apparently, the president of the United States needs permission to enter countries too, just yeah. like everyone else does. Yeah. So incredible. Anyway, yes. um, th uh, more about your Washington yeah, State yeah. Patrol career. Uh, after that was a. a a PIO okay. at headquarters. Uh, then, uh, while I was in that job, promote um, took the sergeant's exam, promoted to sergeant. And that's ultimately what brought me to the to Moses Lake to the base. And in two thousand and three, okay. uh, state patrol. When you promote, you go to the opening that's available, and the opening was in in Moses Lake. So, mm -hmm. came to Moses Lake two thousand three. Was a line uh, sergeant until two thousand ten. Uh, became a detective sergeant. At that point, the unit I supervised uh, covered all of North Central Washington okay. for the for the patrol. And what sorts of crimes does the Washington State Patrol investigate? Well, it's it's a really a bit of a misnomer for people because they they relate the State Patrol to traffic uh -huh. investigate, and certainly that was felony traffic collisions were a large portion of that. Okay. But uh, the State Patrol, in the investigative capacity, also served to assist other law enforcement agencies oh, okay. with their investigations, particularly agencies that maybe don't have a very robust staff when it comes to investigations. So we were literally all across the board as far as, as crimes went, from okay. um, from murders to financial crimes. Um, yeah, we, we really covered a broad range of, of that stuff. And there are several investigative entities within the state patrol. Okay. As, as well. We've got a, a narcotics folks and uh, internet crimes folks. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so um, yeah. And then in 2018, uh, promoted to lieutenant okay. and finished out my career as lieutenant. Okay. Patrol. What are some of the things you learned or discovered when during your time in the state patrol? Interesting question. Number one, uh, the people that are drawn towards that career are, are certainly drawn towards a career of service. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would say a majority of the people that are doing that, that work are doing it for the right reason. I okay. know that law enforcement has certainly been uh, 
in the spotlight mm-hmm. over the last couple of years and and and, and throughout the, the existence of law enforcement. They have periods where, you know, and I tell people, hey, look, we hire human beings, uh, mm-hmm. the, the most imperfect of imperfect entities uh, <laughs> that are out there are human beings. And so, yes, mistakes are, are made. And certainly at times, uh, well, some law enforcement people are not good good people, but I will tell you that a preponderance of them are, and they're there for the right reasons. I, like everybody else, had had kind of an image of what a cop was mm-hmm. when I, even though I was raised in a household with a, a law enforcement officer, it was a very isolated experience there. And so people there for good, good heart, good reasons, trying to uh-huh. do the best they can was what, what I learned the, the, uh, it wasn't the stereotypical what you saw on TV. Sure, yeah, sure. And would you say that would be true, for example, during your stint as police chief in Afreda? It 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 certainly was, and that was a a, a very rewarding experience, an experience that I, I personally am uh, very glad to have had. But you know, I can say here as we're talking, if I can speak to the people of Afreda, I can really tell them they they've got a top notch group of people there working for them in the PD. It was a really an honor to serve with those folks. And again, extra effort there for the right reasons, trying to do the right thing, mm-hmm. trying to make the community a better place. I can unabashedly say that about the folks that, that work there. Anything else you learned during your time on the State Patrol? Uh, I would say State Patrol, and I would go re- reflect back on my really... Uh, my time with Afraid of PD okay. that really put the icing on the cake, so to say, mm-hmm. and, and working in that community. As you know, Charles, most of our community members, as you, as you drive around, 90, 95% of folks are doing the best they can to live their best life, to be good citizens, to, um, again, to do the right thing, reflecting on the words mm-hmm. I said about uh, our citizens are as well. Yeah. Is there a, is there a speeding ticket along the way? Is there a unlicensed dog along the way? Sure. We, we've mm-hmm. all encountered that. We've all been part of that. I can raise my hand on the speeding ticket side of it. <laughs> or failing to register one's vehicle. Or on failing time. to register or failing to renew driver's license. Yes. Uh, we've all been there, but most people are, are out there trying to be good citizens, mm-hmm. trying to do the right thing, living by the, the rules and um, what you uh, you have to do to be healthy, and it's it's really being promoted in law enforcement now is you can tend to, given the job, look at society and go, wow, everybody's bad or everybody's mm-hmm. out there doing doing bad stuff. bad bad stuff. And I suspect it's 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 very easy for a law enforcement officer because you oftentimes will meet people under their you know when they're behaving their worst or. It, 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 it really is, and trying to have that emotional intelligence to understand that I, you are dealing with somebody in that circumstance, mm-hmm. whatever the circumstance. You, you may be dealing with somebody who it's the 12th time that week they've acted poorly, mm-hmm. or you may be dealing with somebody that given the circumstances of their life, it's the, it's the first time they're, they're there, and, and uh, folks have different reactions to all of those things. And Yeah, I, I think that was... Uh, another one of the things that were really driven home to me is uh, people are good good people for the most for the most part and we're there to deal with those unfortunate circumstances when 
the community needs help or someone needs help, and um, that has many shapes and, and forms. So what's next now that you're retiring? Well, re- retirement was, this is a little bit earlier than I had, pl- okay. I had planned. Um, my, my thought was when I was named chief of police was five years, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to, uh, at, as long as they still wanted me was, and was giving Afraid a good value return on their investment to do five years. Um, we've had, have a, like so many families, we have a, a health situation in our mm-hmm. family as a, re- um, uh, regarding my father and he's okay with me talking about this uh, okay has, has Parkinson's disease okay. and uh, like so many families dealing with Parkinson's Parkinson's wasn't really something we had ever thought about entering sure. our lives or dealing with and I'll I'll do a little plug here in a second um, <laughs> but uh, it has taken away his mobility okay. uh, he's he's uh, and so I'm taking some time where I have the very good fortune. I want your listeners to know that I know how blessed I am that I have a mm-hmm. wife who has a, a, a job that allows me to to do this at a little bit younger age than I had planned, but um, stepping away to help mom and dad. That okay. was a long-winded answer to say. Um, and uh, on that note, uh, if your listeners would look at tra- Tractor Trip for Parkinson's, okay. uh, um, uh, Facebook following, and my uncle last year drove his John Deere tractor from Bellingham, Washington to Hibbing, Minnesota. Wow. Raising awareness for Parkinson's disease and Parkinson's research. He is now making the return trip from Minnesota back to Bellingham, Washington. Uh, he's he's altered his route a little bit, so that's my plug for my uncle and his uh, awareness campaign for what's, Parkinson's. What's that website again? Tractor trip for Parkinson's. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Dot com. Uh, it's his Facebook page. Oh, he's okay. Not, he's not All up right. for a new website. Yeah. All right. All right. So tractor trip for Parkinson's on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll look that up and we'll present the link. Yeah. Well, right. thank you very, very much for stepping in and spending a little time talking to us. Well, I appreciate you asking me, Charles. Mm-hmm. I am very honored that you did did that. So I really appreciate it. Many blessings to you. You as well. And thank you for talking to us. The next segment of the Studio Basin podcast is brought to you by Sue's Gift Boutique at 212 West 3rd Avenue in Moses Lake. Stop by Sue's to explore a variety of items including ladies apparel, candles, hobo purses, items for infants, Ilse Jacobson shoes, and jewelry. Stop in and support a Columbia Basin business with local roots. Hi everybody, welcome back to the sports segment of the Studio Basin podcast. My name is Ian Bavona, I'm the sports reporter here with the Columbia Basin Herald. Today I'm joined by one of our fellow reporters <laughs> who kind of does it all around here, uh, Cheryl Schweitzer. I she wouldn't feels, say that. Oh, I would. <laughs> uh, yeah, so today we're going to go over a quick uh, couple of the headlines yeah. from last week's sports and section. While spring sports are done, mm-hmm. we have a little kind of a big news story about fall sports. We're getting a new football team next fall. Yeah, so uh, we're going to have a new football team hitting the gridiron this fall. The Moses Lake Christian Academy Covenant Christian School Lions. Right. Uh, they're going to be fielding a football team this fall. This is the first time either school has had a football team. They're Ever, gonna be, I think. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, they're going to be competing in the Central Washington 1B League uh, along with another, one of our local teams, so Blake. Blake. They're going to be playing teams like Bridgeport, Eniat. Uh, a couple of the teams that they mm-hmm. usually face off against in basketball, volleyball, right. all their other sports. So that's exciting. Uh, Aaron Noble is going to be the head coach. He has nearly two decades of coaching experience from schools down in Oregon, whether okay. it be he head coached at two different schools, and he also had some uh, assistant coaching duties. Were they, were they eight men? Uh, I'm not too sure. Okay. 
But uh, I'm sure we'll find out when we yeah. do our gridiron battle <laughs> on them. They do play eight men down in Oregon. Too. Okay, kind of my gotcha. This is the first time, when I moved here, this is the first time I ever experienced eight men really? football. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even know that was a thing until I it, moved here. <laughs> it's definitely a thing in the West when you've got small towns. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, uh, they've got some strong community feedback from it, whether it be from you know uh, students. They have 22 kids currently signed up. Uh, parents who are excited that they're gonna have a football team now, and some of the alumni who have even been like, "Oh, I wish, uh, wish they had that <laughs> when I was in high school." Yeah. Um, but that's really cool to see. They're gonna be playing their games at Lions Field here in Moses Lake. Okay. They're gonna be splitting time with the Mavericks. Obviously, Moses Lake is gonna have. Uh, some priority there because yes. it's their home field, but uh, all their home games will be played then. It'll be kind of scheduled. Uh, they'll have some games on Fridays when Moses Lake is out of town, and then uh, some games on Saturday. Moses scheduled Lake is around the high school, the Moses Lake High School. Yes, okay. yes. So, but yeah, it's really exciting to see. Yeah. Uh, I'm never gonna say no to, to more football uh, happening <laughs> here. So says the old football player. <laughs> well, the, the, for, the retired football. Player. Yeah, we'll, he's we'll not call old. it. We'll call it retired. He's <laughs> not old. He's. he's <laughs> Very young, but he's still retired. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, and then we had a couple of other exciting events going on this right. week. We, we had, had the, the Drew, we had the Drew Gimlin, mm-hmm. which yep. is in Quincy and is in memory. I know this because I've written the story of a of a very very well liked, very well respected young man who died in a car accident, I believe, in his junior year. Mm-hmm. And the tournament um, supports. What? You know this. It supports the Drew Gimlin Foundation, which was formed by some of Drew's teammates and friends mm-hmm. who were a year above him when he was in high school. Um, it started, It's uh, it funds athletic programs in the Quincy area and a couple of other outsides, yeah. just right. giving back to the community so throughout that, the Lakes. And it's not just through yeah. basketball, which is really cool. Right, so that kids can play whatever sport they like and money and things like that won't be an, won't be an obstacle mm-hmm. if I remember right. Yes, okay. definitely. So this is the 20th year of the foundation. It's mm-hmm. the 20th uh, it's been 20 years since Drew passed away in that car accident. Mm-hmm. Um, there were 100 teams that showed up in uh, wow. at the tournament. Uh, last year they were it was either 59 or 60 that uh-huh. competed last year. So that's a huge increase in Build teams. Build up Central really, Avenue, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, for of those 16 outdoor courts on Central Avenue in Quincy, that was really cool to see. It's, the environment there is really cool. You have a ton of uh, both administrators from Quincy High School, mm-hmm. students who are still coming back to play. I saw some members of the Quincy varsity basketball team really? playing there. Oh, fun. Yeah, so it's cool to see that that, uh, that, that legacy is still mm-hmm. kind of living on there and that there's so many people who there's teams coming from Kashmir, from OMAC, from Royal City, from Warden, and there's even a team from Idaho that came wow. to compete. A couple of teams from Spokane. So that was a really cool thing to How see. Cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was the Drew Gimlin tournament. Another right. good year for that. And then uh, speaking of basketball, speaking of basketball, uh, Big Ben hired a new basketball coach. Okay. His name's Jason Hopkins. Uh, he's a former. Is he is he a BBCC alum? Uh, no, he's not, okay. but he is from Washington. Okay. He's over from the west side. I think okay. he's from Edmonds, a little uh, okay. around Seattle. Right. Um, he's a former player. He played uh, Division One basketball at Lipscomb. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and he's kind of bringing, uh, he's bringing a fast style of play, so he wants to get the guys moving on the court, be okay. aggressive, all that good stuff you want to see in a basketball team. Okay. Um, one of the things that we talked about, when the, you can read more about it in the article that was in the Columbia Basin Herald this week, but one of the things we talked about was uh, kind of focusing on local talent. Um, and that's kind of what he wants to do in his approach to recruiting. Okay. So it's ob- with the time frame, it's going to be a little difficult to do that this year. Mm-hmm. So he said that this year you might see a lot of guys from out of town, uh, right. kind of around everywhere. 
But uh, as he gets established in the community, he wants to focus on bringing in that local talent to Big Bend. Okay. And that's something cool to see. Yeah. Kids from Central Washington getting a chance to play play on past high school. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, very nice. Um, moving on, there's uh, there was the news that the WIAA is going to be moving the state football championships to Husky Stadium in Seattle. Okay. So that's really wow. cool. You get the kids who, uh, after all the sacrifices of a hard season, <laughs> they get to play in a really cool environment yeah. in the Division One, uh, you know, Pac-12 yeah, stadium. A D1, yeah, a D1 stadium. That's mm -hmm. really cool. Uh, now, do all? Because I know at one point they split them up. They put some in some place, some in another. Mm -hmm. Um. Are they all going to Husky Stadium this yes, year? Yes, they all okay. are. So it's going to be played over a two-day span. Oh, that's it. That'll be uh, one, okay. one B, one A, and three A are going to be played on Friday, and then okay. two A or two B, two A, and four A are going to be played on Saturday. So how, I'm sure everyone, uh, a lot of football fans know this, but the games used to be played in the Tacoma Dome right. until around I think it was the mid '90s when they stopped doing that, uh, and then they were they were played or no 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 they started in the mid '90s and then it ended yes. around 2018 right. when they stopped playing in the Tacoma Dome. Uh, since then, they were played in three stadium, three high school stadiums across Pierce County, mm -hmm. um, and now they're going to be played in Husky Stadium. So it's on a one-year kind of—I uh, forget the term they use—but it's kind of just like trial, a test like run, a trial basis, trial see basis, if, see yes. If it works. Mm -hmm. So and then uh, they're going to redetermine that during the yes. 2024 to 2028 uh, classification cycle. We should no note that we've gone from the Tacoma Dome, and we're going to be playing outside. Mm -hmm. yeah. Husky Stadium does not have a roof, mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's going to be. Plain old smash mouth out in the rain if it's raining, which it's Seattle in November, so it very well might be. <laughs> yeah. Football. We were a little lucky last year when I went over there for Royal and it didn't uh -huh. rain, but I remember the week before, uh, after they had won in the regional round uh -huh. or the semifinal round, right. uh, they had they were all talking about, oh my gosh, it's going to rain, it's going to be cold. <laughs> Luckily, there was no rain, but we'll see if that, uh, that luck continues this year, if we have any teams that are lucky enough to yeah. get there. So that'll be a really cool, really cool environment for them to play in. Yeah. And I'm glad to see that the WIA kind of does that for the kids. Uh, yeah. Gives them a cool environment. Step to play up the game. Title. I mean, basketball is played in dome stadiums. Mm -hmm. I mean, state means something. Yeah. And it still meant something at Mount Tahoma High School. Mm -hmm. But it mean me it means something. I won't say more, but something else. Yeah. No. Absolutely. When you're in when you're at Husky Stadium. Mm -hmm. When I was uh, when I was in college in Alabama, what they did for the high schools is they called Super 7s, uh -huh. where all seven classifications, they play wow. okay. at uh, either the University of Alabama or Auburn University Stadium. Okay. And it's kind of the same format as this. It's like a two to three day span mm -hmm. where all the classifications play and everyone comes to town for yes. it. It's, super, Every, it's yes. super busy, super crazy. So uh, hopefully that same environment will come over to Seattle. Is there, do, have we heard yet, is there any thought of moving it from um, Seattle to Pullman? Uh, I'm not sure yet. UW, or are we just going to go with UW? I don't think so. I think this is just the, the one-year trial okay. basis to see how it goes, and then maybe if it works well, maybe they'll move into something like that, but nothing's really been said right. about that yet. But we'll see. That would be a yeah. really cool thing for them to do. Okay. And then wrapping up this week, uh, we had the list of all-league uh, players that took a lot of time yes, to write. <laughs> Five classifications, mm -hmm. and I believe six classifications, six classifications 
and something like seven sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> around there. And you lose track of it after, uh, after you've written your 150th name. But uh, no, there were, there were nearly 250 athletes on that Dang. list. The only ones we didn't get lists from were Warden and Wilson Creek. Wow, um, okay. But we had a, a lot of coaches of the year, a lot of athletes of the mm-hmm. year. And if you're interested in looking at that, seeing how maybe some of your friends did or some of your, your friends' kids did uh, this year, you can take a look at that at ClubiaBasinHerald.com. So congratulations to all those athletes that made all league honors. That's really cool to see. Very. And I think that's going to do it for the sports segment this week. Thank you for tuning in. All right. The Studio Basin podcast is produced by the Columbia Basin Herald, a local newspaper serving Grant and Adams counties in Washington State. Our publisher is Clint Schroeder, and our regional general manager is Bob Richardson. Our managing editor is Rob Miller, and our reporting staff consists of senior reporters Charles Featherstone, Senior reporter Cheryl Schweitzer, staff writer and paginator Joel Martin, and sports reporter Ian Bavona. The Columbia Basin Herald is published five days a week in print and online. The paper's website is www.columbiabasinherald.com. To provide feedback on the paper or the podcast, please email us, email us at editor at columbiabasinherald.com, and thank you for listening.